So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Comancy Inspirations production being produced at our Comancy studio here in Ada. And this is the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's the 25th of July. My name is John Keeley, and help me to get through the programme, produce the programme, present the programme this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Good. Thank you very much indeed for joining me, and also our listeners, we want to welcome. Just thinking there, Shane, we've been, we've been doing this now for about 12 or 13 years now, and people have heard... A lot of people on the programme, we've had a, a lot of um, people that have come and gone from different parts of the world, different faith topics. Uh, thank you very much indeed for staying with us all that time and thank you indeed for your prayers during that particular time. Uh, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and podcasts at Sacred Space 102 are just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcasts being, broad, being broadcast for playback. So just come and... Uh, so our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 uh, at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The podcast is Sacred Space 102. Are just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcast available for download on Come and See Inspirations at buzzsprout.com. You can also get us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and other platforms. Just Google Come and See Inspirations. We're also available to be head back on Facebook. Just again, search for Come and See Inspirations. You can text us on 087 or email commonseeinspirations at gmail.com. Now with this part of the programme, as usual, we go to Shane, who will share some science for the week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So as you said, we are in the 17th week in Ordinary Times. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week one. Uh, in terms of celestial guides to accompany us in the weeks ahead, Monday the 26th is an interesting one. It's the feast day of St. Joachim and Anne, of course, the parents of Mary and, of course, the grandparents of Jesus. And just a reminder, um, they are obviously, of course, patron saint of grandparents. Just to remind people today at three o'clock in Knock, uh, there is the Grandparents Association annual mass and it's available to watch on knockshrine.ie. So that's Joachim and Man. The, the tradition around the, the devotion to them comes to us from the East and in particular the Proto-Evangelicum of St. James, which is a non-canonical gospel and very much uh, coming a tradition arising to us from the second century. Tuesday the 27th is the feast day of Blessed Robert Sutton. Robert is one of the martyrs of England, Scotland and Wales. He was also one of the martyrs of Douay, I think is how you pronounce it. He was a Protestant minister and he converted to Catholicism and led to the faith by his younger brother, William, who became a Jesuit priest. Uh, He studied in France. He was ordained in 1577. He returned to England in 1578 and he was martyred for the crime of priesthood. He was hanged in 1588 in Staffordshire in England. On the 28th, Wednesday the 28th, we have the feast day of St. Irene of Cappadocia. Now Cappadocia is in modern day Turkey. She is an ascetic of the 9th century. She was a nun at a monastery in a place called Bitnia. And she had a very famous reputation for piety and wisdom. And she lived, tradition says she lived to be 103 years of age. Thursday, the 29th of July is the feast day of St. Martha. She of Sister of Lazarus and Mary is a woman of faith who made a profession of Christ as the Son of God and in the resurrection. So we celebrate her, her memorial on the 29th of July. On the 30th of July, we celebrate the feast day of St. Peter Chrysologus, died in 450 AD and was a Bishop of Ravenna and famous for his preaching, hence why he has the name Chrysologus, which as far as I know means golden mouth or golden tongue. My Greek's a little rusty. 
Then finally, on Saturday, the 31st of July, we have a feast day of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who died in 1556. From the north of Spain, from the Basque region, founded, of course, famously the Society of Jesus, known as the Jesuits. And, of course, they are, his famous writings, of course, are the spiritual exercises. And we're actually going to have a very strong Jesuit team in part two of the program. Well done, Shane. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, at this part of the programme also, we have some notices. Um, just one I want to bring to people's attention. Um, people people uh, who are fans of Medjugorje would know that the Youth Festival is about to start. It starts on the 1st of August uh, to the 6th of August. And this year it's entitled, What Good Things Must I Do? Uh, it's, it's, as I said, it's on for, for six days. Um, but 11 o'clock every morning, uh, sorry, 9 o'clock every morning uh, our time, uh, prayer and catechesis starts with testimonies. Young people, uh, very uplifting, uh, lots of music. Uh, the evening sessions are, are particularly very in, uh, encouraging to watch. Um, 20, 30, maybe 40,000 people. I just heard today you can't get a place to to stay in Medjugorje uh, for, the, for that festival. And it ends up uh, next uh, next Friday Friday morning very early in the morning when they climb Cross Mountain. For those who might want to touch base with it on the um, computer, just go to TV. Just, just Google Medis TV and it's on live there. Uh, at this part of the programme, we might also pray a spirit of communion prayer, as we always do. This is for those who can't get to Mass and receive Jesus uh, in Holy Communion this morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now, we've purposely kept this introduction very short because we have an announcement to make uh, right at the end of the program, but we'd like listeners to stay and listen to Father Jerry. Father Jerry Kerr. Yeah, he's joining us uh, to tell us all about the Ignatian, uh, Ignatius 500 celebrations and also the Sunday Gospel. But right at the end of the Gospel, uh, we just might uh, have an announcement to make to our listeners. But in the meantime, the piece of music that we're going to listen to um, this morning to start off our programme is, as I mentioned, it's, um, it's Medjugorje music and it's entitled Come and Fill This Temple. It was taken from a recording in 2017. So join us again in part two when we listen to Father Jerry. And we're filled 
Welcome back to Sacred Space 102, a Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose, and I'm delighted to welcome you back to the programme this morning. And as John said at the top of the programme, we are delighted to welcome Father Jerry Clark to the programme this morning. Good morning, Father Jerry. How are things? Great, thanks, Shane. Nice to be aboard. So, Father Jerry, you are the parish priest of Gardner Street Church in Dublin, which many, or some of our listeners will know, of course, is a is, a, is the Jesuit Church on Gardner Street. So, That's right. Yeah, and this morning we are delighted to have you on the programme because you're going to tell us all about a thing called the Ignatius 500 year. So what is the Ignatius 500 year? Well, Ignatius 500 celebrates 500 years since a moment on the battlements of Pamplona in Spain. So on the 21st of May, if I'm not mistaken, a certain man was struck by a cannonball uh, during the, on the 20th of May during the siege of Pamplona by a French army. And you're talking 1521. Mm-hmm. 
And this man was determined to defend the uh, town against the invaders. Everybody else wanted to res- uh, to cave in because they could see that the army, uh, their forces were far inferior to the French forces. But Ignatius of Loyola, this, uh, what would you call it, knight, this uh, glorious soldier wannabe, stands on the battlements, refuses to give in, everybody holds out, then he's struck by a cannonball, probably a ricochet, and his legs are smashed, and at that moment, the castle falls, and Ignatius's journey of conversion begins. So, uh, so it, the, the, it's, it's, it's commemorating basically his... I suppose he's COVID moment, if you like. It's, <laughs> it's another way. It's another way of looking at it, where we he was he was forced to stop in his tracks and to to assess things. Absolutely. I mean, he had these great dreams as mm. a young man, and like any young man, like any person, he had great dreams for his life, um, and one of them was to sign up to in the service of some great lord. Uh, it was a very chivalrous vision he had uh, back in the 1500s. And so, uh, as I say, he, he stood out and he, against everybody's best judgment. And when he was struck, they decided, right, that's the end of it. But the point was that for him, it began a journey of self-reflection, which ended in his foundation of the Society of Jesus or the Jesuits. And that has become, over the centuries, one of uh, the most influential religious orders in the history of the church since the Reformation. People call it the, you know, that it it started or fed the Counter-Reformation. Don't think that's entirely fair. They just weren't against. They were also against rediscovering and valuing the Catholic tradition in the church. Um, And it all began when Ignatius was... Knocked down. There, we, we say there are three stages to this um, conversion moment. It began on the battlements of Pamplona, mm-hmm. and then he was carried home to his, what would you call it, manor house in the town of Loyola in northern Spain, in what is now the Basque country, and it was then. He was a Basque. And he spent a year there recuperating. Now, they didn't have the uh, skill or the know-how that we have now you know, you can go into oxygen chambers to get yourself healed quicker now. In fact, they broke and rebroke his leg to reset it. Uh, it wasn't just for medical reasons, it was for aesthetic reasons, because the style at the time was to wear um, what people wear now, leotards, and a, uh, yeah, they're called hosiery or something. And uh, the bone was jutting out, and he was such a vain man, even at this stage that he didn't want it to be seen. So he said, reset that. And before anesthetic, before anything like that, he, uh, he had it reset twice. So that was Loyola. But something began to happen to him as he, uh, as he lay in bed. And I'll get in, go into that in a moment. But the third stage of his conversion really was when he was made well again and he walked to Manresa, which was a town, it is a city now, uh, on the banks of the Cardenaire River in northern Spain. And there uh, he reorientated his life. Um, there are three stages, we say. There's devastation, 
recuperation and reorientation. So Pamplona, Loyola, Manresa. So, oh, sorry, say, say that again, Father Jerry. There was devastation. There was devastation. So any moment in your life, my life, and Ignatius's life, which stops you in your tracks, in your dreams, devastation, then recuperation. So you go home, you go somewhere where you're loved, where you're cared for, where you're valued, and where you can heal. So devastation, recuperation. So this happened at Loyola, the recuperation. And then when you get on your feet, another part of conversion is reorientation. You know, there's no conversion without mission. Uh, you seem to, as in Ignatius's case, he was reoriented, reorientated in a different direction. And it led him to, he, he fixed on this ideal of going to Jerusalem and walking in the very footsteps of the Lord. He fixed this ideal. Now that changed. Circumstances changed that. But he ended up in Rome founding the Society of Jesus. Uh, he had to go back to school. He had to go back to studies because although he was a nobleman, he had poor enough education and he had to go and sit down with schoolboys in Spain and learn Latin and learn his catechism again and all of that. So that's what we're saying. Just in any conversion experience, there's going to be there's going to be some level of devastation, some some breaks to stop you in your life in your tracks. Then you get an opportunity to recuperate, to reflect on that, and then reorientate your life. Have I said it too many times? <laughs> no, I don't think you have. I think it gets the point across for everyone. And you know what they say for the, low, the, the slow listeners at the back of the class, you need to say it three times. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, I suppose, so, so just to say, I suppose, from, from the point of view, so the, the like Jesuit family, you mm. guys are, are marking this particular year and kind of posting out kind of as a, as a, a moment for reflection. I presume it's obviously a reflection for yourselves as, as, as Jesuits, but also you're giving it as, a, as, a, as an example for the wider faith community? Yeah, well, it's primarily for followers of St. Ignatius. So that would be Jesuits and our lay companions and partners in mission. Um, we're all being called to a self-examination and to a reconversion you know, to, to deepening this thing, to, to getting again in touch with the roots of our calling and why we're doing what we're doing. We get distracted uh, by life, by events, by whatever. And this is calling us back to that. So, yeah, it's for Jesuits all around the world. And we have a series of little programs in different provinces. Every country or region is called a province. And then also we're inviting and we are partnering, our partners in mission in this call. Father General Arturo Sosa, who's a Venezuelan uh, Jesuit in Rome, of course, now, um, really wants to include uh, lay people in our mission. It's one of our priorities going forward for the next 10 years. Um, and it's, it's a work which is already in progress, but it's an invitation to rediscovering, touching on our call as, con as Christians, the basic baptismal gift and grace. 
and get mm. in touch with that. And I suppose for Jesuits and for lay partners and people inspired by St. Ignatius, we have that special what way of finding God. Um, and it was discovered by Ignatius' self-attention in Loyola. He began to notice uh, what he called the spirits at work inside him. Um, I mean, it, it's not strange to any of us. You know, he was sitting on his bed and he developed these. They didn't have any books that he wanted. He was looking for novels. He used to love reading novels. I, I confess I love adventure stories myself. I'm always reading about the sea or whatever. Um, but they didn't have any in his house in Loyola. But they gave him some holy writings, some pious writings. And he was reluctant, but he took them up. And he noticed that as he read these spiritual books, you might say spiritual reading, he felt encouraged and, what, optimistic. He saw a new life growing within him. But when he fantasized about all of his, uh, what, his romantic exploits, you know, he had this particular fantasy about uh, she seems to be in a princess way above his station. And he says this in his autobiography, a book that he dictated to Jesuits later in his life. He says that he had these fantasies about running away with this gorgeous princess, which was impossible. And he noticed that those fantasies left him frustrated, uh, whereas the other ones would leave him what he calls consoled. And that was the beginning of one of his psychological discoveries in the 1500s, that God is at work with us, no matter whether we're consoled or, as we might say, in desolation. You know, in other words, if the, the enemy of the human spirit is at work in us, God is also equally at work, but trying to get through. And it, it's a question of noticing the signs. And this is what Ignatius noticed in, uh, as he lay on his bed. He noticed some dreams consoled him and others frustrated him. And then he said, well, I, he's going to change. Um, and his brother and his family noticed an interior change in him. He says this, they noticed this in him, that there was a new peace and a new direction beginning to form in his life. And they did their utmost to persuade him to stay at home because he had a future military, uh, what they had property and everything, but no, he wanted to become a pilgrim. And that he then starts out of Pamplona, Loyola, the bed in Loyola, and then he starts out as a pilgrim going to Manresa. Yeah. And in terms of, I suppose, things, if, if people were, were, were curious or wanted to get involved or to, 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 to kind of explore this particular year with the, with the Jesuits, uh, Jerry, Father Jerry, um, I suppose, where would you, where would you direct them? I, I'm just noticing the, 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 the global website or Jesuits.org as a couple of things that people can sign up for. But before we get to the global level, what are we, what are, what is, what are the Jesuits in Ireland? What way are ye engaging with this particular moment of reflection uh, for this, this particular year? Well, we started with a launch uh, mass, obviously under the restricted circumstances, but we put on the altar a cannonball. An actual cannonball. An actual cannonball. Now, it's not the cannonball, Shane. It's not mm -hmm. the cannonball, but it is a cannonball. It weighs about 25 kilograms, and lifting it onto the altar was something else. Uh, the new Archbishop of Dublin launched uh, the, the, the year with a beautiful homily and reflection, um, but he was impressed by this cannonball because uh, 
Yeah, that, that's the theme of the year. So what are we doing? Well, for instance, in our schools, we will have different activities. I know uh, one or two of our schools have decided to get to commission a bench. And on the bench will be a figure of St. Ignatius. So you get to sit beside St. Ignatius' uh, statue version um, in some of our schools. Um, what else have we tried? There will be... Uh, a pilgrimages and walks. I'm hoping to go to the Holy Land next year. Uh, we were planning that for this year, but given the situation, we had to postpone. St. Ignatius really wanted to go to the Holy Land. It was part of his thing, as I mentioned earlier, to actually walk in the footsteps of the Lord. And that's what we'd love to do as well. Um, what other things are happening? Uh, gosh, um, well, for instance, it's, it, to begin with the Jesuits, for instance, the, an Irish Jesuit by the name of Brian O'Leary has brought out a book called Unlocking a Treasure. And it's a book about the Jesuit constitutions. Now, you're probably wondering what the Jesuit constitutions are. Well, Ignatius, after all of his travels and everything, ended up in Rome and wrote what they now say is what they call a wisdom document called the Constitutions which governs me and our living as Jesuits and has done for the last, what, when he wrote it in the 1500s. There have mm -hmm. been a few additions and whatever. Uh, but that's one activity for Jesuits. That's, we're going to have a book club for that. Now, unfortunately, that's for those who've made their vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience in the Society of Jesus. So not everybody's invited to that. Not everyone's invited to that one. I notice as well that uh, Patrick Corkery has a book out uh, with Messenger Publications called St. Ignatius of Viola, A Convert's Story, uh, which is which has been published, uh, been promoted, of course, by Messenger Publications. Yeah, Patrick is a young Jesuit. He's what we call a scholastic. He's from uh, North Cork. And Patrick has produced a lovely little, uh, he's an historian, so he's gone into some details that I never, I never knew about the, the tights, for instance. I know that's a bit, uh, whatever. I never knew about that. But anyway, he explained that and how Ignatius didn't want his wound to show through those. Um, and there are lovely reflection questions at the end, which kind of get you thinking about your own life. It's a small little booklet. Uh, Messenger, as you say, available, should be available in... Uh, religious bookshops especially, but messenger publications would be delighted. One place where you can find out what's happening is on the Jesuit website, which is jesuit.ie, J-E-S-U-I-T dot I-E. Uh, -E and there's a little tab at the top, which is being populated bit by bit, where kind of things have been slow to start given the situation, but we're getting there. I, yeah. should, I should add, Shane, also... Um, in this day and age, Jesuits, we need to look at ourselves. I don't know if you were listening to uh, Joe Duffy or anything like that, but there was nearly a whole week given to the unfortunate and sad circumstances of uh, a Jesuit priest who was an abuser in one of our schools uh, decades ago. And Father Maloney, our provincial, has invited us to enter a process now of self-examination with a view to seeking real and deep conversion to help victims of abuse. Now, Sunday morning, probably not too mad to hear about that, but it's unfortunately part of the legacy, and we, to go forward, have to honour that, honour victims, and uh, do the right thing. So that's part of our conversion call this year. Okay. 
Do just uh, just other things just as well. Uh, if people are interested, so Jesuit.ie is obviously the the Irish website for for the Jesuits, and there's a couple of just to just to say to people already, there's a couple of lovely what they're calling cannonball moments um, <laughs> with different people uh, explaining their experiences of encountering the divine and those moments of devastation, recuperation, and reorientation. Uh, they're, 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 they're actually there's some lovely pieces in there as well. Also, just to say, on Jesuit.org, um, there's also a couple of other things that have been done at the more global level, including if people want to get involved, you can sign up for weekly reflections. Also, linking back to a program we had a couple of weeks ago with Jane Mellis from Trokra, you, there's a Laudato C action thing. Um, do you, one last thing, Father Jerry, just while we have you, and it is obviously people may have heard about Father Stan Swamy. Mm. Yeah. So just if for those, just, you might just explain to people uh, what happened there. Very, very sad story in some respects. Yeah, Stan was arrested because of his stand for the uh, the untouchables in India uh, who are part of the, well, a, a major caste who really suffer in Indian society because of the culture there. He was imprisoned and he was ill and he didn't receive the care he should have got in prison and he died. So it's a major matter of injustice and Father General Arturo Sosa is asking us to pray and remember him. It just, it's, a, it's As you said, it's, it's a matter of injustice and of course highlighting you know, one of the injustices in the world, particularly at the moment, and particularly the issue of, um, he's been called a martyr of justice, and of course, particularly the issue for the Dalits, or the, the untouchables in, in India is of particular concern, as many of them are, are, are Christian, actually, as well. So, um, so that's in terms of just introducing the Ignatian year, the Ignatian 500 year to our listeners this morning. Father Derek Clark, thank you very much for joining us on the program to do that. And so, John, just to close out this section of the program. Now, we, ha we have a piece of music um, that Father Jerry suggested we take a look at. And Shane decided to pick on this one. A beautiful piece of music, Shane. It's entitled Only in God. And it's by the St. Louis Jesuit. So let's listen to this and come back and join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Trust in Him at all times, O people, and pour out your hearts. God Himself is a refuge for us and a stronghold for our
many times have I heard him tell of his long lasting love. You yourself, Lord, reward all who labor for love So welcome back again to the third part of Comments to Inspiration, Sacred Space, 102 FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And we thank again Father Jerry Clark for joining us and sharing with us uh, a wonderful story of St. Ignatius and the opportunities to join them in celebrating 500 years, Ignatius 500. But this part of the program is the most important part of the program as far as we're concerned is when we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Shane always... Share this prayer with us. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today, for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 1 to 15. Jesus went off to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or of Tiberias, and a large crowd followed him, impressed by the signs he gave by curing the sick. Jesus climbed the hillside and sat down there with his disciples. It was shortly before the Jewish feast of Passover. Looking up, Jesus saw the crowds approaching and said to Philip, Where can we buy some bread for these people to eat? He only said this to test Philip. He himself knew exactly what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii would only buy enough to give them a small piece each. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, There's a small boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what is that among so many? Jesus said to them, Make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass there, and as many as 5,000 men sat there. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and gave them out to all who were sitting ready. He did the same with the fish, giving out as much as they wanted. And when they'd eaten enough, he said to his disciples, Pick up the pieces left over, so that nothing gets wasted. So they picked them up and filled twelve hampers with scraps left over from the meal of five barley loaves. The people, seeing this sign uh, uh, that he had given, said, This really is the prophet who has come into the world, Jesus, 
who could see what they were uh, they were about to come and take him by force and make him a king, said, escaped to the hills by himself. So that's the gospel for today, for the 17th Sunday. Father Jerry, you might be able to share a thought with us, please. Well, I tell you, there's something very personal in this for me. Um, on the 29th of June, I celebrated uh, 25 years as a priest. And I re- it crept up on me without knowing it until... Uh, Father Richard, who lives, it's the superior of my community here in Gardner Street, said, Jerry, I think you're celebrating 25 years of priesthood. So it got me thinking. I was on silent retreat when I celebrated it, but I texted 150 people and got all sorts of amazing, amazing responses. Really, I was bowled over by the goodness that was released by what? My priesthood or my being a priest. And... um I, I don't know, I just think that gospel story it was, it was made for this moment for me because what happens in the gospel there is the disciples are amazed by the fullness, the plenitude, the gift, the amount of graces that they receive. And that's been my experience and it was my experience on the 29th of June in text replies to my uh, my, my text. So I suppose that's the first thing I'd say um, I'd say about this, just uh, when you give yourself to Christ in some way in service in the community, in the Christian community, in our church, you get so much in reward, so much is given back to you. Um, so I, that's the lesson for me uh, in that gospel story. Give more, give life, give time, give all of that. I don't know. I don't know how that re- resonates with you. <laughs> Sounds good to me, Shane. Yeah, I have to say it's definitely it's it links in very much. Uh, I suppose of what what we would say or what uh, experience I suppose that we would you would have. Um, I suppose just just for our regular just for our regular listeners, they'd be kind of going this morning. Hang on, how have we suddenly done a, a right turn and we're back into the Gospel of John? Where did hmm. where did where did Mark go from last week? And Mark is our Gospel for this year. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be walking the journey uh, of ordinary time with John's with John's Gospel. And as and as Father as Father Jerry said, it's very much a Gospel that I think a lot of people can associate with in some respects, or I can ask us to 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 engage with it in a in a in a very easier manner you know sometimes mm-hmm. we've said it's one of some of the challenges we have with john's gospel when we're trying to do reflections on sunday morning with him is it can be a bit dense you know we've said that mm-hmm. before about john's gospel but this one is the account of of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes and you know one with one thing we often say to people is when you when you listen to this gospel you know what we remind people is it's an event that happened 2000 years ago, but that still speaks to us in our present circumstances. And there's two ways, as, as Father Jerry said, of, of engaging with it. It's like, where is the, the resonance with, us, with me now? But to get to that moment, I suppose you could say, first of all, if you were standing there, where would you have been in the crowd? <laughs> would you have been one of, the, one of the disciples? Would you have been one of the people that have been fed? What would have been your reaction to it? And then moving on from that, as Father Jerry said, is that idea of, you know, where is it resonating with me now? And I think, it's, as you said, it's very appropriate <laughs> in our COVID situation, mm-hmm. you know, because we, for me, one of the biggest challenges at the moment is just the constant negativity. Well, not even negativity, but there's just the dismal news that's sometimes there with COVID. 
And I have to say this time last year, when we were just coming out of the kind of the first lockdown, I basically made a decision to stop following the numbers. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. It was one of the most morbid things that we've ever done on national television in this country, where we're tracking the amount of people that have died from a disease. I, I just, I couldn't hack it anymore. And the, you were talking to people and the conversation was nothing but these numbers. And you were kind of going, stop with the numbers. Just tell me once a week. That's all I need to know. Um, but, you know, so, so COVID has very much given us this time of where we've, we've had people under a lot of pressure and there's been a lot of things that we've had to deal with in terms of um, mm. just, just the pressures, the financial pressures, the emotional pressures, the mental health issues, and, and the, the, the issues that the, 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 the fractures it has exposed in our wider community, in our wider society in, here in Ireland, but around the world and all that side of things. But for me, the gospel this week, as we enter into the summer and as, as we're enjoying an Irish summer with actual heat, <laughs> and you're trying to enjoy it and you're looking for the positivities of life mm. it's a reminder as you said to thank god for his generosity mm. i you know and and as you said that that the plenitude of god where you know sometimes when we read this account of the gospel there is that uh they they pick up the pieces that are left over so nothing gets wasted so they picked them up and filled 12 hampers with scraps left over from the meal of five barley loaves. And I always think that that is so, it's just, we have no idea whether or not there was 12 hampers. This is John's account of the event. We don't know if it actually, there was 12, but the point that John is trying to get across is there was enough and more than enough because that is the that was an expression of God's love for us. And it kind of links back to what you were saying, Father Jerry, about the, the Ignatian 500 year and that whole idea of, reorientating ourselves in our lives for those moments where we can encounter the divine uh, generosity. So, you know, as well as looking back over the difficulties of the last 18 months, maybe we also need to pause and ask ourselves, what were the positives? What were the positive things? Maybe did I get to know my family a bit better? Maybe did mm. I have time to think? Maybe did I have time mm. to know my kids, even if I wanted to shoot them? <laughs> you know, did you know there was times where we got to know our neighborhoods again. There was times when we, you know, for many people, it's been a moment for them to stop and assess: Do I want to stay on this 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 particular track in life? And very much links into that whole idea of devastation, recuperation, reorientation coming from the Ignatian 500 year. So in some ways, it's a very appropriate gospel. Mm. Shane, I was thinking uh, one of the ways that St. Ignatius used to really promote was ref was savoring. Mm. It's what I've been given uh, with my anniversary, 25th Jubilee anniversary of priesthood, uh, to savor the moments because um, I know another Jesuit, he was a former provincial, he can tell you when he last met you, what the weather was like, what time it was. And I think it's because he keeps a journal and he reads it a lot. He goes over it and savors those moments. And um, it's in, you know, we don't have to have extreme experiences every day, every week. There's enough in our lifetime and in our past experience of the last week to savor the moments when uh, we encountered God and to, to touch. Uh, Ignatius talks about it's not in the quantity of things that the human soul is satisfied, but in the, uh, in the tasting of it, do you know? Mm. Um, 
So I don't know, I practice this at the end. Most nights I'll do this. I think we do it naturally anyway. But um, I do what's called an examine of consciousness. And I allow the events of the day to run like a television camera, like a, a film reel in front of me. I allow the feelings of the day to run in front of me. I allow myself to feel the feelings, you know, whether it's frustration or anger at a situation or joy and consolation at another situation. Just to, to another way they call about it is uh, eating fresh, is it eating fresh bread or today's bread? You're, you're kind of, when the bread is still hot, when it's still, you know, that lovely odor from, uh, from freshly baked bread. So your freshly baked day, just savoring the smell of it. Anyway, I love that kind of stuff and it really helps. And Jubilee or Sunday is a moment to do that too. Mm. Mm. Very much so. John, were you going to Thank you very there? much indeed, yeah. Um, whenever I hear this gospel uh, being read, I think of the gifts as well, the gifts that we've all been given, especially the talents and the abilities that God has given us. And how many times do we say thanks to God for these? Usually the story can be sometimes, well, you know, I've got these gifts, but I'd like a bit more. I'd like to be able to do more with the things that I've been given. They're mine type of thing. And then this gospel tells us just what the opposite really can do. Today, this small little fella, the small little boy shared whatever he had. In mm. some people's terms, it wasn't, mightn't be big, but wow, what an impact it had to feed so many people and to satisfy everybody and have loads left over. And I suppose one of the messages that maybe that I could take away from me this week is to reflect again, maybe do that examine as Father, as Father Jerry just mentioned that to us. Um, just reflect over the day, how much of the gifts that I've been given freely do I share for the benefit of other people in my day and in my week? And when I do that, just notice that when I share, not alone do I give it to the other guys, but how much do I get for myself as well? And sometimes we've got to stop and think and, and, and reflect on that. And it does happen. We say, you know, I'm glad I've done that now. I feel pretty good, you know, to be able to share with somebody else because usually if I get it all myself and I want more, 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 I end up, we all know. Um, it's a bit like drinking a few pints, you know, we want more and more and more. We know what's going to happen. It's not going to be good for us. And so today I think there's a great message for us. Uh, and the great message is that you take going back and the way the, the way the Lord works, you know, we, we've just been speaking about Ignatius Loyola there, you know, for the last half hour. And there was one guy who didn't know what was going to happen to him. And you see the way the Lord worked and see the impact of all of that. And, and, and somebody somewhere maybe left a book somewhere. He might have left a little prayer card somewhere. Whatever it does. We don't know the impact that it has on other people. So let's recognize the gifts we've been given and not be complaining about it. And thank God for them. Anyway, that's my little bit. Uh, it's about to come to the end of the program, Shane, and Father Jerry. Uh, it's been wonderful having you on, Father Jerry. I'm delighted to meet you both. I'm really excited about what you're doing. And may God bless your work and give you health and well-being. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Jerry. And, and, and uh, hopefully you really have a great year this year. <laughs> And maybe when you get to the Holy Land and we might be able to have a chat again, you might be able to tell us all about your experiences in the Holy Land. With pleasure. So, Shane, that about brings us to the end of the programme. Yeah, that brings us to the end of the programme this week, folks. So thank you very much, as John said, Father Jerry. So we'll see it. We'll do it all again next week, hopefully. Um, and just a reminder to people again, just as today is the 25th, for those that want to check in on knockshrine.ie because it is Grandparents Sunday, and the Mass is at 3 o'clock, just a small reminder for people as well. 
So now it's time for us to go to our final piece of music. And this one, you know, you know, Shane, I like this, and especially this time of the year, it's by Corinne May, and it's entitled Five Little Loaves and Two Little Fish. So let's listen to this and do what we can, like that little boy done, just share the little bit we got. Until next week, for myself and Shane and Father Jerry, God bless you for now. Bye. 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 So, listeners, as I mentioned during the introduction to our programme, I have an important announcement to make. I've recently been in correspondence with the board at West Limit 102 FM regarding fundraising directives being issued, which I cannot accept. I received an email just before recording this broadcast stating, and I quote, at a recent meeting of the board of West Limit 102 FM, local community radio, it was decided that all volunteers who have not yet fully participated in the 50-50 draw fundraising initiative Details sent in previous correspondence. You are now suspended from broadcasting for four weeks. End quote. And further, I quote from the email, Your suspension will begin from Monday the 26th of July 2021. Details of your return, if you wish to do so, will be forwarded at a later date. Regards, Secretary West Limit 102 FM. End quote. This email didn't mention my name or didn't mention Sacred Space. I've asked West Limit 102FM to confirm whether or not I am suspended, and as I record this piece, I'm still waiting for a reply. So as this could be our last broadcast as a team together, we want to thank you, our listeners, for your prayer support and encouragement over the last 13 years. We have enjoyed bringing to Sacred Space many face stories, interviews, reflections from near and far, and especially broadcast the Sunday Mass to those who do not have access to the internet, and whose only chance to hear these was through the radio. So let's keep each other in prayer and leave the future to God's hands. God bless. John. On his way to school He heard a crowd of people laughing And he went to take a look Thousands were listening To the stories of one man He spoke with such wisdom Even the kids could understand The hours passed so quickly Day turn into night Everyone was hungry But there was no food in sight The boy looked in his lunchbox At the little that he had He wasn't sure what good it do
Sacred Space.